0: His hand off! Please is hand off! Please his hand off! Listening to Lost in Twin Peaks, a podcast for both first-time and veteran viewers of Twin Peaks, the mystery series that ran for two seasons in the early 90s on ABC, followed by a feature film, and 25 years later, a limited series on Showtime. And at the time of this recording, who knows what after that. If you're a new listener who has just discovered this podcast and wants to know more, check out Episode Zero, Show Format. The following week of Daily Podcast will cover Part 7, an episode of Season 3 that aired on Showtime in 2017. The network used lines from each episode for titles, so Part 7 was also known as There's a Body All Right. Although recorded for patrons back in 2018, I'm re editing and re presenting this coverage, including some new sections, for public release beginning on June 18, 2022, the fifth anniversary of Part 7. Just a reminder that for the first eight episodes of the season, I'll be publishing The Illustrated Companions on my site, LostInTheMovies.com, the Saturday after the episodes conclude. This will incorporate screenshots and other images to reflect stories, characters, and events from the time, and so forth, in some cases in greater detail than the podcast themselves. So, in this case, The Part 7 Illustrated Companion is scheduled for Saturday, June 25th at 8am. The link on the show notes will be active then. As for my other podcast work in the past week... I recently published an episode on the film Mysterious Skin in my Twin Peaks cinema feed, comparing that 2004 movie with Twin Peaks, especially with Fire Walk With Me. This concluded a three-month, three-episode series called Traumatic Transformations, in which I explored stories about characters and communities reeling from personal tragedy or abuse, often with allegorical and even supernatural elements. So now, let's move in to Part 7 of Twin Peaks. We're going to discuss the laura palmer elements in this episode uh, the feel of the episode and the structure of the episode Mara has a much bigger episode this time than she did in the last one, and... Uh, maybe since she's had, at least since Cheryl Lee last appeared in parts, uh, two and then three, there's a brief glimpse of her. She's never in this episode, but she's referenced several times. Uh, they're reading that, uh, diary entry from her, and we get to see a little more of the diary that we've never seen before, writing This Came to Me in a Dream last night, and they read aloud this stuff. And it's very poignant, because they talk about her saying, eventually, I know who Bob is, and they both acknowledge that Leland was the killer. And there's kind of a quiet moment, and then they move on with with the discussion of the evidence. And I talk about Leland finding the pages. And it's almost a little bit of a random element here, but it feels like Lynch wanting to remind us. Like, yes, Leland Palmer is the killer of Laura Palmer, and there was, you know, it was incest, it was abuse, and that very human element. Like, even as they're talking about Glastonbury Grove and dreams where Annie and Cooper were seen... The way they talk about Leland is very matter-of-fact, like, yeah, he killed his daughter, which is just interesting and I think speaks to a certain extent about uh, Lynch's vision of it, at least as he presented it in Firewalk with me. They also talk about how Laura never knew Cooper, which is an interesting thing to consider. These two main characters of the show who, indeed, only ever intersected in, in dreams or sort of other realms of reality. And then Laura comes up again... When Ben and Beverly are looking at the key that reminds Ben of Cooper's uh, Laura Palmer investigation and Beverly asks, well, who's Laura Palmer, which is a great line. Like, yes, it's been 25 years. Most of the people in this town were either moved from somewhere else or were too young to experience that that community tragedy when it happened or even just forgot it maybe like they weren't that involved who knows beverly probably comes from somewhere else she'll probably get a good job at the great northern although you know her husband there is there living in town would she have moved him just for this i don't know but point being she is not she's not part of the laura palmer story in a way that even some of the more tangential stuff in at least season one appeared to be and ben's answer is just great he says that's a long story. Part seven feels very different from part six. It's an investigation episode. It's an episode where everyone's involved in some sort of mystery and trying to figure out answers to that. And it feels very rooted in the old series. It's really more than any other episode so far in this season. It has that connection to the earlier seasons, not just in certain motifs and characters, which obviously all of the episodes have, to one extent or the other, the premier least of all, but also to specific story points. This is a very plotty episode where there's some big narrative threads kind of hanging there that characters actually discuss quite openly and there's a sense of excitement to it. I think this is one that feels like very much directed to the fans in a way, at least the way that Lynch combined the different material here. The overall structure involves a lot of sections that focus on one location or set of characters, and then we move on to another. So for example, to begin with, there's a lot of sheriff station scenes in a row. Then there's a ton of FBI scenes in a row. There's usually groups of scenes uh, together from different uh, of different locations and stuff, and, and that is like the previous episode. But the difference is that in part six, those scenes were usually pretty long. So like when Cooper came home to Janie E, there was like maybe two scenes or something him in the plaza and then him in the house and they just lasted for like 18 minutes in this episode there's a lot of shorter scenes but they all come in succession like within the same location the fbi is like a really good example of that i think diane going to yankton federal prison like the fbi agents getting her there getting her to commit her confronting mr c her talking to gordon that feels like the core story element here And I'm realizing more and more that each episode, for all its eclecticism and, you know, all of Lynch's talk of it being just random slices of a different, you know, different slices of of one big movie, each episode really does have like a core story or a core element. The first episode has Sam and Tracy in its first half and then Ruth Davenport in the second. I think that's the only one that really has two kind of equally proportioned you know narrative hooks and then part two cooper getting out of the lodge is the big story part three cooper passing through that tower and landing in vegas that's clearly the core element there in part four i would say it's the fbi's visit to yankton federal prison with uh albert and gordon going and seeing mr c for the first time that feels like it takes up a big chunk of like that's where the most important stuff in the episode happens although of course you know we see dougie at his home and everything like that but the FBI's visit to Cooper feels like the main plot point. And then in part five, it's Cooper's first day in the office. That, that gets kind of the most screen time and carries us through to a certain important story point. Part six, the key element, I think, is, is the hit and run. Even though we spend that long, long time in the beginning with Dougie scrawling on the papers and everything like that, really the key narrative point in that is the hit and run. And so in this one, as I said, it's Diane. Getting Diane to South Dakota and how she experiences Mr. C and everything like that. That feels like if you had to kind of sum up the most important story points, it's it's that. That's it for this episode. Tomorrow, we will look at the stories that take place outside of Twin Peaks, outside of the town in this episode. So Las Vegas, South Dakota, and the Mr. C stuff. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. You can support this work on Patreon.com slash Lost in the Movies.